0: how to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com fine. Visit IXL.com fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com fine. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind, like curling up in a comfy chair
1: as you watch the world go by. Good afternoon. Which That's is why at
0: Delta, our people do our best home. to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Hey, By the Book listeners, Kristen here and Jolenta. Hey. We have a couple of announcements to make before we get to this week's bonus episode. Announcement number one, we have a live show coming up on October 14th in New York, New York at the Pitt Theater. For more info
1: and to get tickets... Check out our show notes or go to the pit-nyc.com slash calendar. It's going to be a great show. It's part of the She Makes Me Laugh Fem Fest. It's going to be a great show, very fun, with prizes and surprises.
0: Announcement number two, some of you may have already heard that Panoply is going to be folding its content arm. Now, what does this mean for Buy the Book? In the short term, you'll still be getting bonus episodes every other week. And as for season four, we're doing everything we can right now to make sure it will still get out to you starting in late November, but we don't quite know how we're going to get it out to you yet. Once we do know though, we have come up with a way to let you know. Jalenta, explain. So,
1: to stay in the loop, we have made a little form for you to fill out where you just give us your email address, and that way, when we know when and where you can find the next season of Buy the Book, you will be the first people we tell. You can find this form and fill it out on our Facebook page, on our Facebook community page, on our Twitter, at Buy the Book Pod. We'll pin it so you can find that tweet link right on top. You can find it at my website, jolentagreenberg.com, and you can find it at Kristen's website, kristenminzer.com. Go there, fill out the form. We will email you right away the second we know where we're going next. And now, on to today's bonus episode. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hey, Kristen.
0: Yeah, Jolenta. We've reached the end of our third yes, season yes, of yes, By the yes, Book. Yes, yes, And you know what that means? It. Yes, it's time for another By the Book season wrap-up. Cue music. That's right. It's time for our "Buy the Book Season 3 wrap-up, and this is the first of our current crop of bonus episodes. Every other week between now and our Season 4 launch in late November, we'll be releasing a new bonus episode. All right,
1: let's get started. As we do every season with our wrap-ups, we are going to rehash the past season book by book and talk about what has stuck if we've had any new revelations, and what, in retrospect, was pure torture. So let's do this. Book number one, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero.
0: Yes. Let's hear it from you, Jolenta. What stuck? What new revelations have you had since reading the book? Mm -hmm. And what was pure torture?
1: Okay, what has stuck? Uh, I'm taking more responsibility for taking care of my body, which I did in that book. Like, my wrist tendonitis has cleared up. I'm better about, you know, going to my massage ball yoga classes when I feel sore instead of being like, let's go to another level three yoga class. Like, power through the pain. Like, I'm better at sort of... Taking care of myself because I'm the only myself I have, and I need me for like things later on. Oh. Oh, and I still use a happy music playlist that I update periodically.
0: Oh, I'm super into that. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, that's it's good really for good. all sorts of situations, whether it's a road trip or just sitting at home by yeah. yourself. I think that's. I that's use it a, a lot when I'm have.
1: cleaning, just to be like have a little pick me up because cleaning yeah. is, like is boring and stupid a lot of the time.
0: Agreed.
1: All right, new revelations. I think I dislike source energy (laughs) even more than i thought i did and like i love the idea of like the universe and nature and like everything's connected but i don't love having to like think about it and like have ways to remind myself of it all the time because in the episode i used an air plant by my bedside table to remind myself like the universe is insane like how do air plants exist plus nature is magic um and it died Yeah. And I was like, great. Like, did I kill the universe? What does this say about me? Like, do I not care enough about the source energy? Am I doomed? Why am I even placing meaning on this plant like months after we've lived by this book? Why do I still care about this? Like... It just was a spiral I didn't need to have because of source energy.
0: I had an air plant once, too, and it lasted two months. I've killed all of the ones I
1: have, but I was like, this will be the one I don't kill because it's like represents the universe to me. But no, I moved and it died. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And what was pure torture? I'm going to say reading the book was really <laughs> difficult for me. That was the was one that was all, all repetitive over, and the all over the place and really repetitive at the same time and it was really hard to distill the actual advice in it. It was all sort of this general wash of like believe in yourself, but it's like the specifics were really hard to pull out of it, which I think also Would just make it a hard advice book in general, not just for us if we're, you know, living by it, but it's just like, it's nice and vague, which like feels good when you're reading it, but when you actually need to implement it, it's hard. Also, Pure Torture was just dealing with my parents during this episode, because that's when all their like shit came to a head, and I was trying to, you know, listen to my mom freak out and like also set boundaries with her and my dad that had never existed before because I'm an only child with no boundaries. And I thought reflecting every emotion your parents had was what made you a good family member. So just trying to deal with all of that plus being like, what the fuck did she mean in this book was, uh, was just a lot. And it was kind of torturous.
0: Wow. Thank God that's done with. Yeah. How about you? All right, so what stuck? Um, I don't know if you remember in that episode, but I was using my Nana as kind Mm. of my higher power. Yes, I loved that. Yeah, and that was Dean's idea, and... You know, thinking about my Nana and living my life in a way that would live up to her values was something that I deliberately did during the book. And, of course, I've always thought about my Nana. Obviously, right. I talk about my Nana all the yeah, time. Yeah, Nana 24-7. Yes, she was the best. She Isn't is she the best.
1: Something about her is engraved in Dean's wedding ring?
0: Yeah, it's um, Nana would approve. Right. Yes. So I think about Nana all the time and I love her so much, but this book really got me to Start doing things in this world more deliberately with her in mind rather than just thinking, oh, Nana's great or that's a great memory of Nana. But she's in my life more now because of this book, because Mm. I do things and I think Nana would be proud. That's so precious. So that stuck. Nice. And as far as new revelations, this was after we released the episode. We really need to do a better job of making sure we know the pronunciations oh, of all yes. of the people who are writing these books. <laughs> that was we embarrassing. We pronounced Jen Sincero instead of Jen Sincero yep. um, for that entire episode. Yeah, that we looked was, like dum-dums. No, we sure did. That was a revelation that came in the days and weeks and still to this day after mm-hmm. living by that book. And what was pure torture? Jen Sincero's constant links that she makes between money and God. Mm-hmm. I just could not stand that you might recall during the verdict of that book I said I hated it I hate it even more now anytime I hear anybody who is upset about what they have or thinks they deserve what they have because of God yeah, yeah a lot of people have money who don't deserve it That's, a lot of them are yeah. very nice mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of people are really good who don't have enough to get by on so yeah that drove me nuts let's move yeah. on to book two Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris, yeah. Jolenta.
1: No, I want you to go first on this one. Oh, you do?
0: Okay. All right. What stuck? Yeah. I still hate meditating. That Shocking. is probably not surprising to anyone. No. New revelations. Mm-hmm. I realized after this book that a lot of people who love meditating will really evangelize and try to get others to meditate. But, I mean, gosh... All you people who love meditating, I'm still getting your letters. Thank you. We've gotten hundreds. Thank you for writing. And I know you want what's best for me. Um, But you know what? My life's great without meditating. Um, I guess what I realized, the revelation there is just that even people who meditate, who I think of as like super peaceful, super calm, and not Mm -hmm. trying to persuade Mm -hmm. anybody else of anything can still write you a 10-page letter yelling at you. They
1: have no chill (laughs) when it comes to people who don't like what makes them chill. (laughs)
0: That is a better way to put it than the way I just put it. Not all of them, by the way. Not all of you hear about this too. Some of you swore and wrote in all caps in your letters. Some Some of you you were were like, it's a bummer
1: because it works for me, but if it doesn't for you, like I'm sure you have something that is actually meditative that you just don't call meditating. So there.
0: Yeah, (laughs) some people wrote that and some people are still sending me very mean letters. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what was pure torture? Meditating. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Jolanta?
1: What stuck? My mantra has stuck. Yes. I'm a clean bitch and I've got this shit unlocked.
0: Love it. Yeah, I it, love that It pops mantra. up
1: from time to time in my head when I'm sort of spiraling out of control. People will send me like art they've made of my mantra on Instagram, <laughs> which I love. And like, I'm just so happy it makes other people happy. Like, I like it and I like thinking about it. Nice. And what new, about new revelations? Yes, new revelations. I guess I've just started seeing more things as meditative, like crocheting, which I used to be like, you know, this is a waste of time or like this is a hobby. But it's like, no, it just helps me sort of zone in on one thing. I can breathe. You know, it doesn't take all of my focus. So I have time. It just feels like it's clearing my mind. And yoga has become a lot more mindful for me and not just like a fun, gentle, stretchy workout. But I actually sort of listen to the guided meditations now Mm. and don't fully zone them out because when I'm in person with another person telling me to focus on my breath, like I can usually do it. But again, what was pure torture? Just meditating alone (laughs) without moving my body, without having a human telling me what to do, like just sitting at home alone. And also another thing that's pure torture that you touched on is just whenever we live by a book that has like a very large cult following, especially if the author has a podcast with a large following, like it's just the wave of emails and the fervor with which they're written is very different from other episodes mm-hmm. that we get feedback on. And uh, it gets a lot more aggressive, which is hard. It's hard to sort of like believe in your convictions when you get so much heated feedback.
0: Absolutely. But we're in this together. Exactly. Thank goodness. Yes. If it was just one of us. Ugh. Oh, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself. No. no way. Be horrible. All right. Let's move on to book three, Zero Waste Home by Bea Johnson. What stuck?
1: Composting. I started composting Yay. officially during this book. Yay. I haven't stopped. What we did do, actually, is we moved, we got a nice compost bin, but we actually moved that into the freezer because it's it's small enough, so mm-hmm. I, I like, sort of adopted your freezer method Yay. as well, which I love, but although our bin is metal, so it's, sometimes it's hard to open right after you pull it out yeah, of the freezer. Yeah, also don't
0: lick it. You don't oh, lick no, do not put your tongue, tongue on to it. stick to the Even metal.
1: when you grab it with wet hands sometimes, yeah. it's like,
0: oh Uh-oh. Yeah, there goes half yeah. my fingers.
1: Um, new revelations I love making cleaning rags out of old sheets because what you get to do is just like rip the shit out of a large <laughs> piece of fabric so if you're having a rough day and you have like an old sheet that you've been meaning to turn into rags it's a really good day to just be like ah, fuck this and they just rip so easily and nice and straight but you feel really powerful and it's, it's really you can satisfying be like the incredible
0: Hulk just yeah. like no, put it over so yourself like it's a shirt and then tear it I've
1: yeah. made Brad my partner take videos of me just ripping them apart to be like, ah. Okay, we need to post those on Instagram. Yes. Uh, anyway, oh, what was pure torture? Um, getting sent a billion articles about straws. <laughs> Like, if I see another article about a straw, it will be too soon. They were everywhere. Not just, like, the Facebook group and stuff, but just, like, people in my life, as they'd listen to the episode, be like, hey, did you see this thing, like, straw ban in the here?" And I'm like, if I see, I love it. I love zero waste. It's amazing. But if I and sent another email or tweet or Facebook message about straws, I might poke my eyes out with a straw,
0: Mm. which would be wasteful. Don't do that. That's very wasteful. Bad for the environment. Yeah. How about you, Kristen? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's stuck is we have been ordering takeaway less often, mm. and so I'm very happy about nice. that. As much as I love takeaway, yeah, I, I, love, guess so. yeah. I love that. I've but been we, doing that, too, yeah, but we've it, been doing it, less.
1: it bums me out so much more now when I get those like Oh, uh, yeah, like if they yeah. put ketchup packets Where in. Where it's like, oh. I said no
0: extras. Yes. <laughs> New revelations. I was actually really upset to learn in the book about the vast majority of things we put in recycling, not being recycled, mm. but... What I've learned since then is I've done more and more research on recycling since then. And it's way worse than Baya Johnson even explains in the book. And that new revelation has been super upsetting. Over 91% of plastic that is put in recycling bins is not not recycled.
1: It's like special kind where you have to bring it somewhere and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's
0: just the plastic. There's also all the other things that aren't. And so it really just drives the point home that we need to reduce, not just recycle. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. And think about the packaging things come in when we buy in bulk.
0: Yeah. And what was pure torture for me is... I don't know if you remember how upset I got during the tail end of the book because I was trying so hard to very deliberately be conscious of all my decisions all the time. And then I'd look around and be like, yeah. like, oh, right. Cameron, damn it, do you have a bag? Cameron. Yeah. Cameron, you got your sandwich from downstairs. For fuck's sake, Cameron. The you resentment. can hold a sandwich when you come upstairs. You don't need a bag. Cameron. Cameron's, Cameron. I love you. For Sorry. the record so been Cameron. pretty good
1: about this. I think she's just using him as an example. Oh yeah. I'm so using like, him as an
0: example. Because I don't want to say anyone else's. Cameron, any emails about straws no, or no, bags. No, no, no. Cam is great. I just didn't want to say anybody else's name who no. I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um on that note, let's move on to book number four. Right. Presence by Amy Cuddy. What stuck? I still power
1: pose. In front of my dog, Frank, to help him be quiet when he wants to bark at people walking past our door, you know, and it just it helps him just stay relaxed and remember, like, I've got control of the apartment and he doesn't need to be really startled and alert me with a high pitched asshole bark (laughs) whenever anyone walks past the door. So I just sort of stand very calmly with my hands on my hips in front of him. And he now shows me his belly and asks for scratches. And how does he ask for them? He's like, can I have a squash, please? I'm so good. <laughs> you go quiet. That's what the people wanted. Yes. All right. Um, revelations. New revelations. I've been thinking about if I gave this book more shit than it deserves. Because I know it wasn't a fun read and I know her research was sort of disproven and then like somewhat proven again and like torn apart a lot by her colleagues and by us. And like, yeah, it wasn't a fun read. But also she's one of the only authors that does the sort of pseudoscience meets self-help thing that has done her own Actual research, like her own trials, not just being like, I talked to this researcher and that researcher. And like, I don't think we gave her enough credit for that. And just because I didn't love her writing style doesn't mean she didn't do a lot more work on her own than a lot
0: of our other authors have. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a really, really good point. What about the torture?
1: Oh, what is weird is I also think it's like, to me, the most important part of the book and what I got the most out of in living by this book, but it was embracing my story because I think it's a real double-edged sword. And we talked about this in The Verdict, where, Mm -hmm. like, embracing my story was hard. Like, over the months since we've done this, I've, like, really come to terms with the fact that, like, you know... I was like touched inappropriately, not just like bullied by a health teacher, but like, you know, what could be defined as molestation. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just like this was really hard to own. And it took like a fuck ton of like therapy and extra therapy and meeting with psychologists. And I wasn't prepared for that to start during any book, let alone one that, you know, talks much more about the physical than the mental. So it was a really hard thing, really worth it. And really life-changing, but also just, like, fucking hard, slogging work that feels like torture.
0: Yeah. And that work takes so long. It doesn't end because yeah, you're and done and with still doing Yeah, and I'm still doing it. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, when
1: does it stop? And it's like, it might never stop. Like, you might always have to, like, you know, teach yourself a new trick to get over X, Y, and Z hang-up that you have from, like, someone else's damage that they put on you.
0: Yeah. Or not even get over it, but just to... Walk or to walk, it. yeah,
1: to like keep carrying on, yeah, exactly. exactly. Not just be frozen in your steps and be like, I'm not going to go to work today because like I feel horrible. Like, yeah. Wow. Anyway,
0: it's amazing everything you've been doing though. Oh, I Thanks. I don't know if you hear it enough, but well, you're, that's are really amazing. amazing. Don't make me cry. You're amazing, like, and I love you. Try. Stop it. No, I'm not going to stop. stop. I'm always going to tell you I love you, and you're what, amazing.
1: What stuck for you <laughs> in presence, Kristen? Nice. Change oh, in topic. Well, push done. those tears down real hard.
0: Um. All right. So stuck. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but um, one part of presence was really just dealing with imposter syndrome, and one thing I did was own up to the fact that I am an expert. I am a royal expert. Yeah, you are. And not only am I a royal expert, I'm still posting about the royals. Oh, even all the time. though. Uh-oh, the, here we go. When Megan Met Harry podcast is over with. I'm still posting about it. I'm still getting Shameless interactions all the time with listeners. I'm still having fun with that. You're an expert now. You yeah.
1: are an expert. Just because the podcast isn't happening doesn't mean you are not like one of the experts. That was all over the media during this. Yes.
0: So I'm still owning up to that and I'm not ashamed anymore i'm yeah. just i'm just owning no up to and it. it's
1: not like a guilty pleasure it's just like a thing you're
0: really knowledgeable about now yeah and i'm even gonna follow up with something else about this in the second half of the show i won't tell you now oh okay I won't tell you. interesting yes. new revelations power posing is mm-hmm. more fun with a friend and i learned this over labor day of weekend dean and our friends tj and lila mm-hmm. we all went tubing Went to the Delaware River.
1: Oh, you went lazy
0: river tubing, not drive behind a boat. Yes, yes. okay, gotcha. Lazy river tubing, where you tie all the tubes together, and then you have an extra tube just for your cooler. cooler. Right, right. So uh, TJ stood up and he power posed on his tube, and I switched poses like every five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Dean and Lila just stayed with their butt in the hole of the tube and didn't move the whole time. Pose, but you know me, I don't like to sit still for long. So I was posing. I was posing on my belly. I was posing on my side. TJ was standing up. It's that's, fun. that's kind of
1: hard to do. TJ was getting probably like a good core, core exercise. Yeah, yeah. But
0: power posing—if you're with friends, especially in silly situations like tubing—all mm-hmm. about it. So, gotcha. I, I, I might be a slight convert to power posing.
1: Yeah. Uh, what about torture?
0: Uh, reading the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just didn't like the reading part. It was. No, I know. Yeah, it was one of the most academic of all the books we've totally. ever lived by. Totally. So it made it less fun. It just—it wasn't as fun as the other books. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Anywho, it's time for a break. And when we come back from the break, we will talk about the next four books that we lived by the second half of the season. So stay with us. Do you ever find yourself wading through your newsfeed on Facebook or Twitter, wishing you could just call someone up and ask, What do I really need to pay attention to here? Well, what if you could? I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next, Slate's new daily news podcast. And every weekday morning, I'm going to be on call for you, taking you inside one story, going deep behind the headlines. What Next is news you're not going to get just scrolling through your phone. To listen, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen.
1: All right. We're back. And next up in our season three wrap up is book number five, The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. Jolenta, what stuck with you? I have been touching nature more. Yes! I realized in that book, I was like, oh, I like never touch the things I look at. And I shouldn't touch all of the things I look at, but I definitely, you know, I touch a tree as I walk by or like if a leaf is sticking out from a fence, I'll touch it, you know. And so I touch nature more uh, and I'm still huffing my essential oils. I, I like to smell them. And even though Brad gives me shit, every time I open my eucalyptus bottle and like a few minutes later, he'll be like, oh, hey, what smells so good? What is that? And I'll be like It's the eucalyptus oil that you
0: always tease me
1: about, but you obviously (laughs) clearly love it, and it makes your life better, too. So I win nature.
0: Yay! What about Revelations? Oh, after
1: doing this book, I feel like I've become a lot more comfortable or just okay with doing nothing outside. Um, If that makes any sense, I feel like for me, being outside is always associated with activities. Like if you're going outside, it's like bike or play frisbee or walk the dog or walk the dog. make sure his poop isn't too runny. Like go to the store, you know. And uh, but since the book, I've just been much more into sitting outside places and doing nothing and just being like, this is good for me. I don't need to be like running around or doing a thing because I'm outside isn't. For like sport only, it's like I can just sit here. I can just sit on my stoop after my yoga class. I'm gonna bring up yoga like 25 times. During this, apparently, <laughs> it's the only time I go outside really, just to go to yoga and then back home. Uh, but no, I can just sit outside for five minutes and enjoy when the weather's not too hot uh for a minute, and, like not be doing anything, and that is also good for me. That is good for you. And what about
0: torture, though?
1: Oh, um, I'm gonna be honest. I got sick of hearing from what I call uh, activity people. What do you mean, like your friends? Like my out? friends and some in the Facebook group, but a lot of this was my friends mostly because I also grew up in Oregon and like a big camping outdoorsy culture, and I love being outside. I did all the camping and shit. I've been kayaking, but like <laughs> activity people love to get up in my grill about like not trying to camp every fucking chance I get. Like, what is a three day weekend? Like you're not hitting the trail, and I'm like, I'm just not a fucking activity person. <laughs> Like, my best friend from childhood, we're like, sisters, we're born a day apart, known each other since we were four, is like, you did go on, like, 25 hikes, and, like, my boyfriend and I are, like, living in a, you know, one sleeping bag with our dogs. I'm like, I would rather die and stop telling me camping is the only way to enjoy nature. I like camping, but I just don't want to do it every five seconds activity, people. I don't want to do it at all. <laughs> I know, and then there's Kristen. I feel like they are talking to me as though I'm a you, which is like a non-camping at all person. But it's like, oh, no, I like I'm just cabin. not. I like running. Water. I'm just not manic about it. Like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say manic. <laughs>
0: But because that's care. one of the things nature can fix, according to the oh, book. Oh,
1: right. Well, yeah, that was the other pure torture I have written down, which is just the idea that, like, if you're medicated, you should want to eventually be unmedicated. And, like, you should camp more to fix that, whether you're manic Mandy or whatever she called her. <laughs> this is horrible. Am I being a horrible person? No. No. You're never horrible. But, yeah, just, like, I've spent time on and off ADHD meds and, like, no hikes. Gonna make me that. feel the way my Adderall does. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you guys,
0: and like I love a hike. How about you? <laughs> All right. What stuck from the nature fix? I have continued to leave the office for at least five minutes have a day. You really? At least once a week. Sometimes. Oh, twice. once a week. Yeah, I thought. You were no, say not once every a day. day, but at least a couple. No, of, like, that's once or than twice nothing, a week for sure. That's you know good. That's no, that's a no, big, that's a big for deal me. for you. So I've still been doing that once or mm-hmm. twice a week. Uh, new revelations. Mm-hmm. I am a crazy bird plant lady. My name is Kristen Meiser. Is that new?
1: I think it's, you're new to admitting it.
0: Not only that, but it's I think the book just made me more of a crazy just bird plant you lady lean than in it already hard. was. Yeah. yeah. Like, anybody who's ever followed my Twitter feed or Facebook already knows that like I'm obsessed with my cardinal pair. Right. And, but it's just gotten so much worse since this book. So that it's to the point where Dean, after this book started calling himself the crazy bird plant lady widower.
1: Oh, no, because, like, your obsession with birds has, like, left him alone.
0: Yeah, where it's like, okay, we'll head out to the farmer's market in a second. Let me just check on the tomatoes. And then it's, like, a half hour later. He's like, what are you doing out there? Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at each leaf, and I'm counting the little yellow flowers. And then I am he's deadheading like, the marigolds. Cool, like, and then I'm going to keep living my life, I'm just checking I guess? to see how many seeds from the bird feeder got eaten today versus the oh, number Jean, of I'm seeds sorry. from yesterday. I'm sorry. And then is the suet cake actually responding to the weather okay so that the blue jay will come back? Mm, and, it might just melt. Yeah, it just might Yeah, all those things. So, yeah, that's my revelation. And then what was torture? You know, those broken feet. I know it was yeah. for the listeners the torture was hearing Dean actually scrape my feet. Oh,
1: no, that will always be torture to me. But for me, it, you know, it
0: hurts when you crack your feet open, no, especially sucks. when you're already sunburnt and stuff. Yeah, so, and just like yeah. nature can hurt
1: and yes. that sucks. And you don't have to be like, this is making my life
0: better. Like, it still hurts. Sometimes it hurts. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts. Let's move on to book six, (laughs) A Girl's Guide to Joining the Resistance by Emma Gray. Jolenta, what's stuck?
1: Uh, The idea of lady spaces and just seeking out places where, like, it can be an echo chamber, which I know can be dangerous and is, like, probably how we're in the political climate we're in. But (laughs) when you're someone like me who often feels like you're sort of railing against a wall of no uh, it's nice to go to a place where it's like, oh, no, we all feel that way. We've all been like trolled on Twitter because we told our Me Too story or, you know, we all think this policy that, you know, so-and-so is putting into action is bad for us and disrespects the fact that like our anatomy matters. Or, you know, it's nice to remind yourself you're not alone sort of railing against like a big idea of the patriarchy. And that can be really lonely. Yeah. Uh, New Revelations. Um, I am getting more interested and want to learn more in general about local politics. I've been thinking about it so much more after we did this book and after hearing you talk to canvassers and stuff. I was like, oh, change might actually be able to happen, but it will have to start on like a pretty local level because also that's where politicians have to get their start. You know, who is like my city council members? Like I should know what they're about and like support the ones that I feel like actually represent me because who knows where they're going to be someday.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about torture? What was pure torture in this book? What was torture?
1: Oh, Hearing from my old school that my health teacher will still work there. Oh, God. <laughs> and, that was torture for and, everybody listening to the show, too. Um That's also right when my articles got published. So just hearing, like, people have such strong reactions to people saying they were harassed or discriminated against or abused. And... I have to tell myself it's because it challenges their worldview in general that a teacher someone who should be a safe place can make someone feel so unsafe and feel like they've had ramifications for the past 15 years because of them. And they just really the knee jerk reaction is just to say, like, no, you're a liar. No, this person had a 30 year career. And it's like they can suck. And I can be telling the truth no matter how uncomfortable it makes you. It makes me uncomfortable, too. It took 15 years for me to even. Like associate his behavior with something I didn't deserve, you know, mm-hmm. but it is torture hearing so much from people. Also, the people who want you to hear them are the ones that feel really threatened by people telling their stories. So yeah, just, they need to get yeah, over it. like, you know, the onslaught of comments were like primarily negative, even though I would get an email from, you know, my old high school principal who works at a like different school far away from Oregon and is like, oh, my God, you blew my mind. Like, I have 100 questions to ask you about what I missed. And like, I will be implementing these changes where I work now, regardless of what they do in Oregon. But the public response is brutal.
0: Mm, God, Ugh.
1: And I'm not a person of note and nor is he. So I can't imagine what it's like for, you know, people who had worse things happen to them by more beloved douchebags.
0: Ugh. How about you, Kristen? <laughs> oh, God. That's a horrible to, moment to have to yeah, shift Follow on. that and make our <laughs> listeners happy again. Go. All right. What's stuck with me? Um As you may recall, during that episode, I became extra vigilant about speaking up whenever I saw people of color and especially women of color who were being treated badly. Mm -hmm. In that episode, there was a woman where some white dudes hit her baby. Oh, right. Accidentally, but didn't even stop to notice it. No, but who cares? But a few weeks ago, actually, there was... Did you tweet about this? I did. Yes. I saw it from... Over a block away, I saw a guy throwing his girlfriend up against a Mm. wall. He at one point had her by her neck. I looked around. There were at least 20 people standing around there playing Candy Crush or God knows what. Um, Just standing around. And I marched as fast as I could. That's kind of speed walk that makes you look a little Mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. Down the block until I got to them. And I got right up in his face and yelled at him. Yeah. I said, Get your hands off of her! Only it sounded much more shrill and insane right. the way I was yelling it.
1: Well, also you've got like so much adrenaline. I had at that so much point. adrenaline, yeah. and
0: also I'm five foot two. Right, it's, I'm five it's foot scary. Three. It is yeah. scary to intervene yeah. to anyone,
1: especially when you're a woman intervening when there's a man hurting a woman.
0: Yeah, I'm five like, two and three quarters. This guy was like six feet tall, and so I got up in there, and then he threatened to beat me. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You want to be next? You want to?" Be? And then you know. And I wouldn't stop yelling at him, and then I checked to see if she was okay, and eventually they just walked off. And I looked around, and nobody else had my back. Nobody said anything. But I would totally do it again, and I'm going to keep doing that. That is one thing that stuck with me with that book. In the past, it's not that I didn't notice if bad things were happening before, and it's not that I didn't speak up before. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I would have speedwalked spoken block.
1: Up so so hard.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um I don't know if I would have done it in that way. Mm-hmm. So as far as new revelations, you know, some of my stances that I have and some mm-hmm. of the things I tried to support while living by a girls guide to joining the resistance. Um you might also recall the environmentalism and I started uh, reporting to New York City 311. I started reporting the people oh, who, who were leaving their business doors open to let the, air conditioning, to let the out. air conditioning out to try and lure in people on 100 degree days in New mm-hmm. York. It's illegal. It's not cool. And I was tweeting about it. And then there were some retail workers who wrote to me and said, this is why we do it. Our jobs are on the line if we don't make this number of sales per oh, day. Shit. And God damn it, it capitalism. And, and is it really our fault? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not your fault. But, but
1: it's also what your bosses are asking you to do is illegal. Yes. But, your bosses no, but they're are not saying open the, the door. Illegal. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's So
0: it's just like some of these things that I think are fixing the world really upset certain people for. Like for reasons. very valid reasons. Very, yeah. very valid reasons. So, I mean, I'm still going to always cheer for the environment more mm-hmm. than anything else. And I feel sorry for those retail workers. My mom worked retail for 30 years. But it just, yeah, it, it. sometimes it gets more complicated. And then finally, what was pure torture? This isn't, torture might not be the right word, but I think, Jolenta, you and I both agree on this. There were letters we received from people saying, this isn't self-help. Why are you living by a book like this? And oh, yeah. That wasn't torture, but it was really it, it was a little disappointing because I was hoping that all of the listeners would hear that doing good for the world means sometimes making yourself feel better. And mm-hmm. I mean, it did for both of us. Yeah. And it was very transformative for both of us in different ways. So um, I, I don't want to say it was torture, but it, it did disappoint me a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Up next, we have book number seven, The Curated Closet by Anushka Reese. What has
0: stuck? All right. What has stuck for me is I still am OK not having an exclusive kayaking wardrobe. I just nice. want to say that. Yeah. Several people That's have fine. written in and asked, like, what's my thing with kayaking? What's going on there? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to kayak. Totally fine not having a kayaking yeah. wardrobe. That's just the way it is. New revelations. You're going to be so proud of me, Jolenta. Uh-oh. I finally got a new handbag. Yay, finally. Yes. So you know that old handbag I had with the broken strap that I was carrying mm-hmm. around? Oh, the I The op shop chic one to use Dean's verbiage here. So um, when that episode ended, I had a shopping list of things I was going to get. One of them was a decent looking handbag. I have a new one and here it is. It's beautiful. It's you're the same. Saying, you're just right? it's yes, it's exactly the same. It's yeah. exactly the same as the one with the broken strap. It is yeah. the same bag. And then what was pure torture? Yes. Um, this made me really sad. Getting all the letters from listeners who were beating themselves up because they could not figure out their singular style profile. Listeners, it's okay. You can have more than one profile. Your life will be fine. Also, like
1: you don't need to define it. It's just like one book about style. Oh, my gosh. We got hundreds
0: of letters from people beating themselves up, feeling bad about themselves. That book wasn't supposed to make you feel bad. It was supposed to just be a fun book. It was a fun one. It was supposed to be fun. Don't beat yourself up. We love you. Don't beat yourself up. Okay, Jolenta, what about you? What's Um, stuck?
1: What has stuck? Fucking everything. I I like everything. Not everything. Most things. Um, No, I'm still using my shopping list. I have, like, my style profile in a note on my phone so I can be like, what colors should I be looking for if I am at this store looking at shirts? Oh, wow. New revelations. At least for me, leaning into your aesthetic more feel super freeing. I feel like like I feel like in getting really specific, I am able to feel more free in my clothing choices and more like less worry when I get dressed every morning mm-hmm. because I know everything is in line with. How I, you know, either do feel about myself or want to feel about myself. And even if my rational brain is like, this is a little flashy, it's like, well, it's in line with what I'm doing. So I can trust that putting it on is fine. And it's just sort of freeing. And, you know, I'm not misrepresenting myself as much as I think I have been, which I think makes me feel a lot more self conscious than I realized. Where it's like, I'm like, wasn't quite hitting the nail on the head. I wasn't quite being myself. I was hiding a little. And it's just, Really fun to not even have that option anymore for me, yay. what is torture? Oh, tracking before I started making the changes was torture because the book tells you to track what you wear. Oh and yeah. I was like, <laughs> it was just so depressing because it was also a day where I didn't have many meetings or a week where I didn't have many meetings out of the house and stuff. And so it was like, oh, I've worn like the same thing I slept in basically for three days straight. I look like a garbage person. I don't live up to any of my ideas about myself. And it's just not fun to be like, oh, I wore the same sweatshorts I stole from Brad because he thinks they're ugly for three <laughs> days. Sorry to admit that.
0: Oh. All right. Let's finish this up with book number eight, our final book of the season, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. So what stock? I'm going to say for myself. hmm what stuck is my comfort in saying I am a brand. I am KristenMinzer.com. I <laughs> am even sticking up for my brand. This goes back to when Megan met Harry. Mm-hmm. You know how I mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm not afraid to say I'm an expert at this point. Right, I'm a right. royal expert. So a few weeks ago, I had a copy of the new Northwestern University recruiting catalog. I had it sent to my house for research purposes, mm-hmm. and there, on the top of the illustrious alum page, upper left-hand corner, was mm-hmm. our very own Meghan Markle, humanitarian <gasps> and Duchess I don't think of Sussex. I knew she
1: went to Northwestern. Yes, she
0: did. Midwest. So I took a photo of that. I laid the catalog mm-hmm. on top of an IKEA nesting basket that I had from 2016. So it's a very specific picture. I put it up on my Twitter feed. I explained what it was. I was like, yay, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. I remember
1: seeing that. And I was like, Kristen's insane. She is taking pictures of like school material that has Meghan Markle's face on it. But she's an expert. So it's part of a brand.
0: Yeah. But then it got liked maybe 150, maybe 200 times. But then... A couple of days later, I'm looking at the Daily Mail, then at People Magazine, mm. then a bunch Mail's of other Daily Mail's a good outlets. source of uh,
1: housewife news as well. Yeah,
0: and that photo I took against that IKEA nesting basket is now being used on a bunch of news outlets. And you mm-hmm. know who they're crediting for the photo? Who? Not me, somebody who stole the photo off of my Twitter feed and credited him or herself. No. That person now has millions of Twitter followers. Uh, have you been tweeting Just a few days ago, that you person had like 35 Twitter followers. And that person now has- them shit. Hundreds of thousands Give of followers. Give the Daily Mail shit. Oh, like, I wrote to them.
1: Good. I wrote, I wrote
0: to people. I wrote to the person, him or herself, yeah. who stole my photo Do and is like taking photo
1: credit. cred where photo cred is due. I'll yeah. retweet that shit. Yeah. You know I love to mama bear on people. Oh, so. man.
0: I will take it, so- Anywho, it's stuck that I'm a brand, even though it's pissing me off that people now are stealing my brand. No, back That's off what happens my brand. When you're a good brand. I guess so. All right, new revelations. <laughs> Dean and I have been talking more about what our lives would look like if we were to work mobily outside the U.S. So, You know how Tim Ferriss' fantasy life is like, just live in a different country every three months and become mm-hmm. a kickboxing champion and learn how to ride horses barefoot or yeah, whatever it is about wants activity to do. yeah all those things but before this book dean and i never seriously discussed possibly down the road doing that but now we're actually having conversations like that like what if we did live in new zealand for a little while his mom's getting older mm-hmm. you know or right. what if we lived in australia for a little while that's where his sister lives so it's really gotten us to have conversations that we'll see what happens with those conversations. Where does it might your be sister nothing. Live? She lives in Arizona. Oh, and that I would like to see what happens when you live in Arizona. Well, Dean brought that up too. It is so hot. Yeah, Dean brought up Arizona also. So I mean, we'll see if anything ever happens with that, but you know, the fact that we're actually talking about that at all, I think is because That's of... interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then what was pure torture? Mm-hmm. Oh, we all know Tim yeah. Ferris. Tim yeah. Ferris is torture. <laughs> Yeah, especially his obliviousness to his privilege and his assumption that we should all want his life, even if his life is dependent on lots of other people working Mm -hmm. round the clock so he can only work four hours. I mean, it was all torture. That was torture.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: What about you, Jolenta? What
1: has stuck? Uh, Not smoking thus far. And uh, I'm working in my home office way more because I have it. So I probably deserve it. Yes, you deserve it. Yeah, you deserve it. And it's nice. I have an electric keyboard in there. So Ooh. I or an electric piano. I don't know. It's like better than a keyboard. Is it a guitar? P- no, it is definitely a piano-y thing. Okay, okay. But the keys feel like piano keys, not keyboard keys, oh, which nice. I which I really enjoy. And they respond to pressure as opposed to like the keyboard I played on growing up. Anyway, nice. new revelations. Oh. I've just been thinking a lot more about can you benefit from the art if you hate the artist type questions. Oh, yes. You know, along the lines of like, yes, obviously he's a tool, but this book, you know, encouraged me to read a different book that helped me quit smoking. You know, so it's like, it gave me some nudges I needed in good directions, but if the guy is a massive tool and, you know, outsourcing shit and paying people like, you know, not as much as he would pay himself. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I've also worked for someone who like idolizes him essentially. And it fucking sucked and it was soul crushing and he would outsource shit on me. That wasn't in my job and I wanted to die and I quit. Uh, And it's just like, can I benefit from the things I have been able to pull out of his advice if I hate him? Like, I don't know, but I do know when it comes to like other people's work, like actual artists, I no longer consume their work when I very much disagree with their, you know, actions, politics, you know. Personalities. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So that's been a fun new, not new revelation, but one that's been in my face a little more since Mm -hmm. we've lived by this book. And Mm -hmm. what was pure torture, other than quitting smoking, which is also one of the best parts, I think just figuring out how hard to be on this book was torture For me, like even before we read it, like how do we approach a book that is known for being by a straight, white, entitled douchebag that we you know, we get shit on both ends when we do these books because we have people saying I'm not going to listen to you anymore because all you do is just rail on someone's privilege. Like it's not their fault. They're born white, male, straight and wealthy. But it's like. But there is a reason there are a lot of them writing self-help books and telling you how to be because, like, they've never been questioned or told no or, you know, and it's a lot easier for people to say yes to them and give them book opportunities. But also, like, we get people who, like, who are mad when we don't go hard enough. So Mm -hmm. I just I didn't know how we would approach it. I didn't know how much to just look at the advice versus the personal narrative in the advice. Also, I have met him and done a live event with him and like how do I marry that and like he was a charming like entitled bro Mm. you know like so I just was trying to not look at him but also look at him and I it just that was torture just how do I approach this knowing some people think we rail on straight white dudes too much some people think we don't do it enough some people think we don't take the advice seriously if we mention the word privilege like it's a really hard tightrope act to walk
0: it can be yeah definitely can be yeah
1: that was my very long answer (laughs) so should we take one more quick break before we get to our big questions which are the best and worst books of the season
0: yes let's do it let's do it and we're back with our season 3 wrap up of by the book and now the biggest questions of all what were our favorite books from season 3 and what were our least favorite books from season 3 um you and i Jolenta we usually agree that we like to do the bad news then the good news yes that's yeah. true yeah
1: so i guess we'll start with worst yes let's Wh- do it. which was your least favorite book to live by in season 3
0: I think you're gonna guess it.
1: Meditation. First. Yes,
0: you, was got it really? it. Oh, you got it.
1: You got it. I can't believe we even so you even paused.
0: The fact that you did that dramatic pause—it's like you know. Well, it's I was the like, what book. if there's
1: something I'm like totally missing?
0: Nope, you got it. I mm-hmm, hated mm-hmm. meditating, and then I hated, and continue to hate. The hundreds of letters that keep coming in. Oh my gosh, About yes. how I'm living my life oh, wrong. Yeah. So, yes, yes. That is my worst book of season three. What about you, Joel G? What is the worst book of season three for you? I'm going to say four hour work week. Shut up, but you benefited from I know it. I did. And then you gave it a good But verdict. it's the
1: one that's like sort of sticking in my craw the most. You know, it's the one where it's like, yeah, I benefited from it, but it's because like we work really hard to distill. Shit, we can do. And like, but if I'm looking at the person who's telling me this story and how this story does not have the weight of reality that the majority of people in this country have to face, or anywhere, actually, not just this country, it's just like, yeah, it sucks. And like, his goals are super capitalist and skeezy. And like, he doesn't want what he wants can't be for everyone. So, yeah, I like work in my office more, but. But at what cost? You know?
0: (laughs) So it's my least favorite. Mm, Interesting. Um, What about the best book? Which book did we like the most in season three? Let's get to that. My favorite book? I'm going to guess. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to play the guessing game this time. Uh Uh-huh. I think you like the curated closet the best. I'm tied. I'm tied.
1: OK, let's hear it. I think I learned the most from the curated closet. That's okay. why it's my favorite. And it was also surprising because I was like, thing about clothes, whatever. Like, I'm good at clothes where it was like, oh, shit. Like, I have to really look inside of myself. How do I want to present myself? What makes me feel confident? Like, what do I think I deserve? Like, whoa. You yeah. know? So it was the most surprising. And it's the one that I've kept implementing the most, for sure. But I was tied with the girl's guide to joining. Mm. The Resistance because it confirmed a lot of my beliefs, but it also helped me do the things I want to do and like rail against the things I want to rail against better and feel more productive and, and less angry. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely tied between Girl's Guide and uh, Curated Closet. Mm. So yes, your guess was right. <laughs> I was just cheating with my answer. Uh, what was your favorite book? Oh, your face is making that oh, face. I mean, I would assume Zero Waste Home. All right. So,
0: but maybe tied
1: with nature fix.
0: Well, I decided I couldn't do zero waste home because I think that, as a few listeners pointed out, they said it sounds like you already are living like you do better than a lot of people. Yeah. So I almost felt like it wasn't fair because it's almost like confirmation bias of like you're living your best life already. And so I think that's a valid, you know, bit of feedback I got from some listeners. So I decided that in the end, the book. That I liked the best, and this is just pure blissful enjoyment and surprise, is the Nature Fix. Yeah. Yeah. It made me so happy. It continues to make me happy. Well, yeah, you've like gone
1: off the deep end with your tweets about birds out your window, but sure.
0: Yes. And, you know, there's a reason why Dean is a crazy plant bird lady widower because I still love the Nature Fix. And it surprised me how much I really loved that book. Mm -hmm. I really did. Yeah. It really made an impact on you. It did. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm not going to go camping. And you're not going to go camping. It's all fine. Yeah. No camping. No. Nope.
1: Sorry, activity people. I hope you have a wonderful camping trip. Have so. fun
0: digging a hole in the ground and pooing. And that's it for our season three wrap up of By the Book. Reminder if you
1: are in New York or want to go to New York in October, uh, specifically October 14th, we have a live show at the People's Improv Theater. We're part of the Femme Fest by She Makes Me Laugh. We love them. Come out and see us on October 14th. Be there. Ticket links are in the show notes and on our Instagram, and we tweet them occasionally. We cannot wait to see you live. And in person, we do lots of fun things that you will not hear on the show. Sometimes we make Dean or Brad or even Cameron play games with us. We play games with you. We, we do give dramatic away prizes. Oh, it's very it's fun. It's really fun. It's, it's very, really fun. very fun and very interactive. So be there or be square or... Be sure to get venues in your city to book us.
0: Huge thanks to all of you for continuing to be listeners of this show. We love you all so much. Reach out to us at any time at 419-869-BOOK or write to us at buythebook at and be sure to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. All of those handles are in our show notes.
1: Thanks as always to our producer Cameron Drews, to our managing producer Mia Lobel, Special thanks to Andy Bowers at Panably and thanks to Nate Wida, our composer, and the Rizzos who sing our theme
0: song. Until next time, I'm Krista Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
1: I'm going to say four hour work week.
0: Shut up, but you benefited from that. I know that. I did. And then you gave it a good one. But credit. it's the
1: one that's like sort of sticking in my craw the most. I don't know what that means sticking in my craw.
0: <laughs> What's the craw? I don't know. So let's take that back. Just Should we in look case. what a craw is? Let's look up a craw.
1: I got to look Stuck up a craw. in my craw. The craw is the crop or preliminary stomach of a fowl where food is pre-digested.
0: Hunters Ah. centuries
1: ago noticed that some birds swallowed bits of stone that were too large to pass through the craw and (laughs) into the digestive tract. Okay, I am not offended by this.
0: That sounds great. That sounds great.
1: I just think the four-hour work week is the one that's stuck in my craw the most. You know, it's the one where it's like, yeah, I benefit. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply.